everyone. We are all about five pounds heavier than we were last week thanks to Halloween candy. We are all a little more tired because of daylight savings time. Even if you got an extra hour, you're still tired from it, but you're back in a safe place because you are at 90s Court. Welcome. I was going to say, why would I be more tired from having an extra hour of sleep? You don't have kids. That shit doesn't work that way when you have kids. Yeah, that's true. I will say this. I did stay up uh, a little bit later last night knowing that I get that extra hour, which mm-hmm. was stupid because I still woke up at roughly the same time you know, but an hour yeah. backwards, so it yeah. didn't make yeah, a difference. Yeah, I woke up at five forty-five today. Like, oh, that's not so great. Mm-hmm. That's not so great. But, but you're here. You're in a happy place. I am one of the hosts of this podcast, Lisa Monahan. I'm one of the hosts of this podcast, also, and I'm Andy Claudfelter. <laughs> and you are listening to Nighty's Court. Um, if you've never tuned in, welcome. You missed some Halloween stuff, but we're uh, doing a special episode this week, which is what we like to call the leftovers. The leftovers. <laughs> the pennies at the bottom of mom's purse. <laughs> the the candy corn you find in the the cup holder, the stale in, in tootsie late rolls, November. the stale tootsie rolls at the bottom of your bucket that you that you left there when you got the candy out. Are we saying this episode is going to be bad? No, but no. we are saying that we're still a little bit in the Halloween mood, so we're going to give you a little bit more of that, and then we're going to amscrade not direct, not directly to Hall- uh, Christmas because oh god, please not that fast, but. Um, but yeah, we just wrap up Halloween in a nice tiny there's, package. This isn't a Halloween episode. There's so much more spooky slash Halloween content than there is Christmas content. Yeah. Because um, I mean, Thank Christmas goodness. content is just <laughs> Christmas content. Yeah. Um, but spooky, you can cover, you know, all kinds of stuff. But um, so yeah, that would be a nightmare if we did like seven episodes of Christmas. <laughs> it would be it would be the worst. I would, um, I would quit the show. So Andy has yeah. some fun news this week. Yeah, guys, I want to tell you about something that you're either very aware of because it dropped in your feed in, in this feed. <laughs> or maybe you're not subscribed or maybe you don't pay attention to that very often. So um, in case you haven't noticed, um, I have started a new podcast, Spur, Super Spur of the Moment. Um, it was inspired by some advice I received about kind of pursuing some knowledge and interesting information. And when I was doing it, I was like, I just kind of want to make this into a show. And it's been super, it's been a lot of work, but it's been mm-hmm. super rewarding and super fun. Um, so for those of you who did listen to episode one that dropped on the 90s court feed, thank you so much. I did release episode two yesterday. Um, so that is available. However, it is on the Anomalous Fascination podcast uh, feed, which is now available on every podcast um, service. So if you want to find it, um, search Anomalous Fascination, which again, I know that spelling is not the easiest, but if you scroll down to the episode of Anomalous Fascination that dropped in our feed, you'll see how to spell it. Um, mm-hmm. But would really, really appreciate any support, any subscribes, anything like that, because I'll tell you what, <laughs> starting a new podcast and getting a, a fan base is, uh, is a lot harder. But um, And I will say I understand that this is a comedy 90s nostalgia podcast, where we like to swear a lot and say a lot of crazy stuff. Um, I'll understand. That doesn't sound like us. Yeah, I understand that maybe not everybody's going to be into the Anomalous Fascination podcast, which is a uh, family-friendly, aka G-rated, like anybody can listen to it, uh, podcast um, about uh, phenomena uh, unknown. Basically, if if something has happened or is currently happening. Um, in the world at some point and nobody even the greatest scientists in the world know how why or you know why it's going on or how it happened that's the stuff i cover usually um i will be getting into probably some of the paranormal eventually and some history as well but for now it's been just some interesting science things that i present in a very calm soothing and most importantly 
dumbed down man <laughs> dumbed down manner that you can understand so it's good i enjoy it quite a bit because i have the other side of me is very into like true crime weird phenomena stuff like that, that so it's, it's up my alley that was kind of so. i just posted something on my on the anomaly oh yeah and it's also it's um it's so episode two is out now and, and it's anomaly pod on twitter um okay. because for some reason anomalous pod was taken which is so weird <laughs> but mm, odd. um and but I posted on, on Twitter that I was like, do you love true crime but are tired of all of the, like, soul-eating l- lack of faith in humanity? <laughs> Check out Anomaly Pod. We have all the f- all the mystery and unknown with none of that nasty murder flavor. You lost me there, buddy. I'm going to want that stuff, though. I want the nasty murder. I was listening to one the other day with the kids, like, putting them at the table. They were talking about, like, finding a body with a gaping wound in the torso. Like, this was right. on my speakerphone. I was like, maybe, maybe I'll stop this as the, I give the kids their The point sandwiches. was not don't listen to, to true crime. The point was <laughs> sure. if you if it's late at night and you're like, man, I've lost all faith in humanity, I'd like to listen to something that will not absolutely destroy my destroy my soul beyond mm-hmm. <laughs> beyond repair yeah. um it's a good aperitif or uh, or palate cleanser yeah. um as well so well thank you Andy. excited to hear more stuff out of you in the in the future so anomalous fascination so well we are on the 90s court train right now and so we are breaking into some our regular things last week we did like your fears but now we're back to our normal we're on our same shit this week we're back on our things and this week I want to pay honor to one of the greatest television hosts of all time, a host who carried the afternoon on his back. Mm-hmm. Okay. Every major holiday was his and his alone. And that person is the one, the only stick stickly. You motherfucker. Uh-huh. I am so mad at you because I Why? was, because I wanted to do stick stickly at some point so bad. And you totally well, we can st- do it together because there was not a lot of information <sighs> about him online, but stick stickly is so good. It's just I was I, I I was circling like so many different things for this week, and I, I was like, nope, don't like that. Nope, don't like that. And I was like, stick stickly wins, man. Yeah. He wins, I don't blame right? you. I mean, I I just I'm shooting myself. I'm kicking myself for not covering him earlier. It's okay. <laughs> well, every every week is like an episode of like podcast roulette of like I hope you don't take the thing I want to take, or like maybe one day I have a feeling one day it's going to happen. We're both going to cover the same thing. Yeah, for we're sure. going to get a weird like sub subconscious vibe and we're going to do the same thing but this week stick stickly um better than bob barker david letterman jay leno move over boys from the 90s although bob barker was before the 90s i'm pretty yeah, sure but sure. yeah well whatever the case stick stickly my man um he is the greatest tv host and he was a fucking popsicle stick with glue on googly eyes a yellow jelly bean for a nose and the tiniest little like black mouth he was the cutest um if you don't, he was on Nickelodeon, and if like if you don't remember any of this stuff, I just go ahead and log off right now. Go find a different podcast. It's, yeah, it's, hard to, it's hard to fathom not remembering Stick Stickly, but that's okay. If, yeah, if you're listening to something specifically about the '90s, you know who Stick Stickly is. So, um, he was first introduced on on Nickelodeon in June of 1994, and was primarily part of the afternoon programming block called Nick in the Afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, he was voiced by a fellow named Paul Christie, which at first I read as Chris Christie, and I was like. Okay, it's a interesting. Different, very sudden a uh, career change after that. I would be interested in hearing Chris Christie do a voice for someone, <laughs> though. Maybe not. I think I would probably dislike it very much. So he was often dipped in shit on the show. Um, I guess it was mostly in like bumps in between shows and stuff like that. But um, his whole thing was like they would just dip the stick 
into a vat of stuff that some kids would call in and be like, I want him dipped in some green goo or like I want him. I saw one today that was like popcorn in strawberry sauce. He was very he was very much of an inviting like usually it was like call in or write me or something like that. And I I can tell you this. I'll do it later because I don't want to interrupt your thing. But I do know the entire song for a particular thing. of Perfect. I want you to sing it because I did not know the jingle off the top of my head. So I'm going to have you sing it. So, yeah. So another uh, one of the bits I watched today had Jonathan Taylor Thomas (laughs) on there asking him, like, he just Mm -hmm. wanted him dipped in yogurt. He was like, dip, dip that stick in yogurt. And I was like, okay. This feels like some really weird kinky shit for some reason. It was just odd. It was just very (laughs) odd. And so, and there was, you know, you can just go on YouTube and look up, you know, dipstick or whatever it was called or like you dip, you dip is what it was called. But um, yeah, and then he would try to guess what it was, and it was just the voice actor just using it as an excuse, or Paul Christie, Chris Christie, to use that as a time to just, like, shout and make a lot of noise, and that's my stick-stickly voice. Was that good? You crushed it. Nailed it, 100%. So, um, let's see. They gave him, he was, like, the king of the bumps, uh, little bits, and, and like, fan mail to read. Yeah, um, and then he was he, always big on contests as well, it felt like. Yes, which was fun. I think it, I, I don't I don't watch Nickelodeon anymore because I'm 35 and a traitor. <laughs> but I you feel like I am a traitor. But I feel like there aren't as many like call in contests anymore. I, I guess you could probably like DM them on Instagram or something and be like, mm. uh-huh. and then they're like, okay, you'll be submitted for this contest. I guess I don't even know if contests exist anymore because everyone just gets everything can, they want off Amazon. So can I make a quick side note about contests real quick? So. Yeah in on Nickelodeon. So I fundamentally didn't understand how contests work a lot of the time because I was a kid, so I didn't get it. Like, for example, like I remember when we played the Monopoly game at uh, McDonald's, like at Mm. one point, I thought we won all of the railroads. Um, It was just because I had four railroads. (laughs) And I was like, we got them. We did it. We get to go pick up our railroads. And then I was like so excited telling my parents, they're like, these are like all the same. (laughs) <laughs> oh, but, I understand. but the reason I mentioned that is because they would have these contests where they would say, if you see this, like, if you see, like, uh, uh, like Spike run across the bottom of the screen or something like that, call this number because um, um, you could be a winner. So I thought if he ran across the screen... That meant that your TV was randomly chosen as one of the ones. Like oh, I don't. Andy. I oh, thought I like heart. was special because only like a certain amount of people saw him, and so I did call in immediately. I was so excited, um, and <laughs> didn't that is realize. The sweetest thing. I'm such. I'm like. I'm such a dumb kid. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's just we all have our thing. We uh-huh. all have our thing. That was yours, and that is the most endearing thing I've ever heard. Andy, yes. thank you for sharing a deep dark yeah. <laughs> secret with us. Um, well. Um, like we were saying, well, just like we said, it, it was a. I, I think Stick Stickly was a brilliant way to get the kids engaged with the with the actual network, as opposed to just sitting at home like a bunch of mindless drones watching TV. So they would call yeah. in and do bits and send in video clips and stuff like that. But, uh, but I, I loved it. I remember him hosting like the Nick New Year shows, um, alongside like all the really bad child actors of all that. Like I'm sorry, I loved all that. But like looking back, it's like man, these chicks are not great actors and actresses. Like mm-hmm. not so great, but. Um, and of course, he would host the nonstop Nicktoons weekend, which I like that word, that, that series word, nonstop Nicktoons weekend. Is, is there anything greater? That was such than... like that. I do believe finding out that it did, in fact, stop <laughs> at some oh, point, yeah. <laughs> which did disappoint me. But I, I remember when those happened, it was like 
I was like making plans like this is it like everybody else just I'm bringing the snacks in my room and closing the door forever and never leaving from um, 6 p.m. Friday till 6 a.m. Monday it's just me and Rugrats get yes, out mom absolutely yeah and I will say I did have to go to the restroom at times which was kind of a disappointment rookie move so I couldn't I did have to leave the room you have to learn how to pee inside yourself so I really should you have don't. gotten a bucket <laughs> everyone gets a bucket on nonstop Nicktoons weekend. So I thought I remembered him being on in the afternoons during the school years, but apparently the, the Nick in the afternoon bits were only on during summer breaks from 95 to 98. So I must have a, a false memory there or everything online is a liar. Who knows? Fake news. I don't know if that's a thing for Wikipedia, yeah, but there's a lot of people really spreading a lot of misinformation about nineties <laughs> Nickelodeon. <laughs> They're really, I mean, there's an agenda here. We have to watch out, right? So, mm-hmm. um, so of course, you get to write to him at his address, which he always delivered in the form of a jingle. And I believe Andy is going to be I'll able to. I'll just sing it for you right now. Place. I don't even Let's have to. Do yeah. I've known this since the time that I first heard it. I've just oh known gosh. it forever. Write to me, stick, stick, leave, P.O. Box 963, New York City, New York State, 10108. Oh, my gosh. Good job. Thank you. That was very good. I, like that it's one of the applause. like you think about like all of the things that you'll ask me about on this show that I'm like, oh god, I don't know, and it'll be like the most obvious thing, and people in the audience are yelling at me for not knowing. Yes, it. yes. Um, this is the booyah, one thing you know. Suck it, you know. because suck I it know guys. the entire <laughs> jingle to stick stickly. So suck it. It's yeah. It's I'm I'm proud you did because I somehow did not remember that at all. But I didn't I didn't know how to write. I couldn't read. Didn't have friends. Didn't think Stick Stickly would want to be my friend. So I kept all my thoughts to myself. I think I 90s. think also that you're not a psychopath that just remembers the entire <laughs> the stupidest song ever. I don't think it's a problem on your end. That's 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 assuming a lot about me, Andy. Probably I understand. So he was off the air for about twelve years, but came back in like two thousand eleven, and a couple of uh, for like a couple of nineties related bits here and there. I don't know. I it was a little iffy online, and I was tired. I've had too much coffee. I've both had too little and too much coffee, if that makes sense. But it doesn't matter because he was the king of my nineties cartoon life, and like. I just want to give you some time to process and and say anything you need to say about Stick Stick. It, it felt really a lot like like he was kind of like the the boss of Nicktoons. Yes, um, yes. Like yeah. like if the Nicktoons came and talked to Stick Stickly, they would all be like really nervous because they didn't want to lose their jobs and stuff like that because Stick Stickly was a fucking boss. Mm-hmm. They'd have him in all these different places too, like. Empire State State Building or like the, the the Eiffel Tower, just all these various places they would have. Do, do you understand that that means that somebody traveled to these different places with a stick stickly in their pocket just to film <laughs> that? It was the same one. They couldn't make one on the fly. No, you they couldn't, couldn't make just more get than a yellow one. Jelly it was, bean. It, yeah, that it does hurt my heart a little bit to think that there are multiple stick sticklies, and I'm almost positive that there are, and that hurts me. International man of travel. He's not Travel. just for the U.S., so. Yeah. I, I do understand, though, why they would have brought him back in 2011 because everybody's like, hey, what what did people like at this time? Oh, yeah. Stick Stickly? Well, hopefully the people who watched 20 years ago or like or 15 years ago are still watching because they'll love this. But, they will. Uh, instead they it's love just, that nostalgia junk. Yeah, instead kids in 2011 are just like, what is this? Where's, where's my, uh, God, what's the thing called? Avatar Last Airbender. <laughs> Yes, yeah, yeah, get this off my screen. I want, yeah, Avatar is the only commercial cartoon I can think of from the yeah. 2000s. I was like, I, I signed off by then. 
So, well, that's Stick Stickly. You man. Thank Evil you. Stick Boy. It brought a lot of joy to my heart. I'll tell you what. Like, especially after spending the greater part of a week just focusing on unknown mysteries and stuff like that in the universe, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was nice to get back to a little bit more of a gentler time. I'm here for you to bring bullshit to the table forever. Yes. So, so, as we mentioned at the beginning, this is what we like to call a leftovers episode. And why we say that? Because as we were supposed to be on a podcast called the Halloween Podcast, which um, the individual just, we had, you know, there were scheduling conflicts and he just wasn't able to do it. So, mm-hmm. and since we'd already done a bunch of research and taken a bunch of notes... I decided to bring you two of the things that we ended up covering. We're going to be covering on that show. Let's do this. Um, so you might notice that both my thing and our court case, my part of the court case, is snake adjacent, which is intentional because I was going to be covering um, phobias of snakes and things like that in the 90s derived from various films. Um, and there were very, very few of them. So I ended up watching this film that was a TBS made-for-movie special called... Silent Predators. Gross. Made in 1999. First off, let me explain to you because what kind of movie we're dealing with by just right. reading the Wikipedia entry on it. Okay. So this is the beginning to the end of the entire entry for this film. The small Southern California town of San Vincent has to deal with a rattlesnake snake invasion. And yes, they literally said rattlesnake snake. Like they just repeated it. Right. Non-bred, yes. That's the entirety of the Wikipedia article. That's it. One sentence that doesn't even fully encapsulate the film. So obviously we're working with a juggernaut here. Wow. Well, the fact that it has its own Wikipedia page is impressive. Yeah. But it's it's crazy to me that like I was looking for different, just like anything that involves snakes in movies. And there were so few of them. Um, that I that this was the one that I watched, and I'll tell you what, um, I enjoyed this film, which is crazy. You did? I enjoyed it in spite of the fact of how terrible it was. Because if I'm going to watch a movie about snakes, I don't care about getting a lot of character development in there. I just want to see these <laughs> snakes fuck some people up. That's true. So, um, so first off, it is free to watch uh, the whole movie on YouTube. So that is a bit. Color me surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The movie starts with no title screen or credits, just straight to some guys on the road. Car breaks down. Oh, no, there's a snake. And it got them both. Whoops. Oops. Um, and there's no explanation of that scene until way later in the movie, which is terrific. Um, so then shortly after, a kid gets bit by a rattlesnake and dies within seconds. Weird, huh? Just That's like a 90s intense. anti-drug commercial. Rattlers, not even once. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh it is that fast though it is i i've heard i've seen i've been bitten i've actually died from a rattlesnake bite and come oh. back to life well, that, you know, that's you know, rough it's been a busy year it shot you with an adrenaline shot and you came back yes yes so there's a brand new fire chief in town uh who is playing rattlesnake detective um he's clearly supposed to be the protagonist but is doing a lot of q a at the graveside burial of a young boy um, and obviously the people around him reacted very poorly. So like this guy is the brand new fire chief in town, um, who has like a dark past in his fire chiefdom, uh, who is okay. like the protagonist in the movie. And like, so this kid dies from the snake bite and he's like, something's amiss. And so he goes to the graveside service of this kid that had just died and was like grilling people about information about the snake. <laughs> 
that the kid encountered because one other person. What's his name? Jerry. Because this young girl was with him when it happened, and they're like, "I think she'll be fine dealing with a lot of questions about this kid that just died." Um, Gosh. So, anyways, so every time they have a rattlesnake on screen, they cut to stock footage of a rattlesnake. That's right. They don't. No. (laughs) They don't. The only I every time for the longest time it'd be like they'd be walking in a, a field and all of a sudden you would just see a snake in grass that clearly was just old footage of a rattlesnake doing oh some gosh. kind of a biting motion. And then they, you see the, ki- the person reacting to the bite. <laughs> I hope they had an actor pretending to be a snake off screen so that the actor would actually be a little scared. Yeah. Because oh. otherwise it's just like, ow, why? Like, wait, why does oh, this hurt? No. Yeah. I got bit oh, by gosh. a snake. Um, so after a suspicious situation regarding the mayor seemingly hiding the severity of a rattlesnake situation in town, the new fire chief starts looking through the official town snake records, I guess. I, I sorry, I forgot that I asked that question. Then. The snake records? Because he was literally digging through these things and in there found another thing about snakes. And I'm like, what, what, what files were you looking through that just had snake information? <laughs> Does your county the, not have a snake record clerk? Fucking snake clerk. The um, snake sheriff? Yeah. Apparently this guy's the snake sheriff, even though he's the fire chief. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so apparently this the thing is there's a new subdivision being built in town, and it's some kind of cursed snake land, because, man, are there a lot of snakes. Um, An ancient snake burial ground. Yeah. Yes. So they learned some things about the snakes. They're huge. They're about three feet longer than the average snake. Um. And then there was a scene where they were like walking through this the the protagonist and his bay that he was trying to there was a love interest in um, were walking through this area and they're like how will we even know if they're coming and then cue loud rattlesnake sounds I'm like the only snake <laughs> on earth that you will absolutely know is coming is that one and you're like how will we know that they literally said how will we know when they're coming oh um, my gosh it's a rattlesnake so anyways um. Yeah, so there is a, a few different times you see them holding a snake, and it is clearly a rubber snake. Um, and, Obviously. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Uh, they did have one scene where there was uh, they showed the protagonist grabbing the snake. They cut briefly to a picture of his hand, a hand picking up the snake, which was wearing a glove, like a thick, heavy glove, clearly like for handling snakes. And then they cut back, and the main protagonist is not wearing a glove. <laughs> oh, boy. So, like, they're not even able to cut, so... Um, Anyways, so the moment we all hope for in a snake movie, large crowd of people watching a kid's baseball game, a snake bites a guy in the stand, and a woman yells, snakes, and everyone scatters, chef kiss. It's the best. I, I, I always I like, hated that as a kid, sports games being broken up by rattlesnakes. I know. Like, all I wanted in the entire movie was I want a moment when something bad happens, and then someone starts to panic by yelling snakes. Obviously. Snakes. So finally they convince the town to evacuate, but the greedy construction guy, the non-snake antagonist, uh, so there's an antagonist that was not the one that was just murdering everyone, decides to go to an abandoned mine shaft with the main female character to blow up the snake nest because he finds out it's in this old abandoned mine. Instead, there's a cave-in and the greedy guy dies. So the the woman is trapped in this truck. Uh, Fireman Bill, (laughs) the protagonist, shows up. Thankfully, firefighter uniforms are 1,000% snake proof because he just walked through the snakes in this uh in his like fire regalia or whatever and they're just like oh no our only weakness firemen finally <laughs> so he got he probably got bit like 10 times and nothing happened so 
Um, so then they they lo- they leave, they got her out, and then they blow up the snake for reals, and apparently the National Guards comes in to clear the rest of the snakes, the end of the film. Now, I think the reason wow. I like this one more is because they invested a lot more time in, like, listen, we're not going to have good actors for this movie, so let's not even worry about the dialogue. We just need ki- snakes killing people all the time. Of course. And that's the gist of it. Any kind of movie that involves snakes or insects or anything like that, it's like, it's just make them bigger, no one talk. Let's show some some gnarly shit. Yeah. And yeah. Plot so, development does not matter. Yeah. So anyways, that was Silent Predators. Um, like I said, it's it's worth watching just because it is fun to like almost MST3K that thing. Yes. Um, th- just because it was uh, it was wild. <laughs> I'm so glad you found that. Yeah. I couldn't find anything like that when I was researching for the show for me. That's awesome. I'm glad you found a made for TV. TBS, you said? Yeah. I didn't know that's what it was when I started watching it. I literally Googled it again and looked into it and I was like, oh, this was made for TV. Oh my gosh. Of course it was. Oh, TBS. No surprise you don't have your own streaming network at this time. Or maybe they do. Well, they're not Netflix. TBS feels like it's just 100% uh, reruns of other shows. Yes, it's just Friends on repeat. Yeah. For sure. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you, Andy, for researching that and bringing that to our attention so we can immediately forget it and never think of the TBS made for TV I'm just telling ever you. again. Guys, so. search, if you're looking for a laugh, search Silent Predators. I'm into it. And oh check, out, check out that flick. It's worth it. Watch it. Well, we're going to take a quick break uh, and come back with poll results from last week, and then we're going to get into this week's court case. So we will see you in just a few minutes. Bye. Welcome back to Snake Court. Uh, snake court. This is Sandy. Snakes. That's that's a snake on the other. <laughs> Lisa got. I am a snake. Lisa was ingested by a snake, so I am so sorry. <laughs> I'm not. I was delicious. I tasted like nut bars from Costco because that's all I'm eating these days. I guess. Is a snake referring to itself as Lisa? Maybe. Is it now a self-identify a very, as a snake. It's a very and confusing Lisa? year. It's a confusing you know what? time. It's a confusing time, Andy. Judge not, lest ye be judged. That's fine. So. Anyway, so Snake, do you want to read us the polls from last week? <laughs> Man. Okay, guys, listen. I don't I'm not usually upset with the poll results when it comes to results of stuff, bad pictures of me, things like that. It's like I just take it or leave it, but guys, this one I'm I'm going to say I'm a little like I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. She just totally mommed you so bad right there. Mommed you. Yeah. I'm giving you the like you better watch your shit look. That's what I'm saying. We did last week for our ultimate Halloween episode, Goosebumps versus Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Now, it felt like a slam dunk for Scary Stories. Like, no contest. Goosebumps is like an afterthought at best. Goosebumps won across the board. So, Twitter, we got 56 to 44 Goosebumps. Facebook, 53.8 more for, or percentages. Uh, 53.8 to 46.2 and then Instagram was 64 to 36 everybody for goosebumps guys who hurt you it was uh I mean consider, aside from Instagram which was kind of like a, I mean Instagram usually doesn't get as many votes as the other ones for sure right. but right. like the other two were actually pretty close but I'll say this I know like a lot of people who read goosebumps when I was a kid I never understood it I'm just like that is so many books to have to read <laughs> like um, yeah and I got and shit I, to do. I also understand a lot of people's families probably weren't super cool with them having scary stories to tell in the dark because there's horribly disturbing images. 
I, I mean, there's that. There's I'm, that. But I'm also, not saying I, I like... agree. I am just rationalizing why I think that might be the case is that some people just had more exposure to Goosebumps than the I other. I guess. Well, there were certainly a lot more of them. You know, it was a huge series versus three books. Yeah. So that, that makes more sense. But I still don't, I don't understand, guys. I really thought this was the one, like... I was. I thought I was like. I'm taking this one. This is a win for Lisa. It's not. You guys owe me. So, sorry. My Venmo is. <laughs> so. What is the? Could you give me the exact dollar amount that is required for your sadness? <sighs> to win me back, it's about a cool twenty five. Twenty five bucks. I mean, if like, yeah. If all the people who voted for for Goosebumps, that's a lot of money. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm saying you can buy my love. It's pretty easy. It, it usually results. It's by coffee. Chocolate yeah. or twenty five dollars in Venmo. To be very <laughs> clear, I did vote for scary stories. I voted against my own thing in both Unreal. polls last. And we still, we still lost in our own ways. So, well, that's that's what happened this week. So, yeah. thanks, guys. Love it so much. So, anyways, so much, gang. <laughs> as we've already kind of touched on, we're this is leftovers week from uh, two big movies that we were going to be focusing on for. Um, that other episode from with the other podcast, and so we decided to bring it to you because it is still both 90s. Um, it was based supposed to be a 90s thing concerning um, a couple phobias, um, where Lisa will be discussing spiders, and I'll be discussing snakes, and something just crawled across my desk. Oh boy! That was the snake at the end. <laughs> I'm a snake. I'm a snake now. Snake. Snake. Um, so okay, this, oh, this is. is our, I'm gonna go first, but yeah, it's just no, no. Anaconda versus arachnophobia, dog. Oh yeah, we have to this tell them what good. it is. So yeah, Anaconda. We have got the double A's going on. Uh, Anaconda versus arachnophobia, and Andy's going first, so just triple A. Um, <laughs> so I'm gonna talk to you guys a little bit Anaconda. Um, basically, the inferior film to. <laughs> to the, Yes. The TBS made for TV. And film. you know why? Oh, oh to, to the TBS yeah. one? E- yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, anyways. So I, I will say this Anaconda, um, I'll go over it in a little bit, but they had a lot of people had like one of their first big, this is like the first big movie for like a lot of people. The snake had the biggest breakout. Yeah, role. the breakout he there, like on, he went on to wow. play one of the snakes in that Silent Predators film. And snakes and on a plane. Snakes on a plane. Yeah. <laughs> Two big hits. He crushed it. Um, <sighs> okay. So first off, let's start with this. Now, kids, I know you're scared <laughs> about snakes because they come out of nowhere, make haunting hissing sounds, and it's extremely unlikely that you'll know if the snake is aggressive or poisonous. But mm-hmm. let me tell you about a whole new thing to be scared of. <laughs> okay. Think of a snake. Great. What? I was saying a whole new thing to be afraid of. I was like, cool, add it to my list of bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Think of a snake the size of a small aircraft that loves hugs and binge eating. (laughs) No, you won't see it coming either. Yeah, all you have to do is stay out of the water in wooded areas forever and you should be safe. Um, Seems reasonable So basically they were like, listen, like we've got you, we've got you scared of snakes in general. Let's get you another snake you probably weren't really that aware of or thought about that much and give you a whole new reason to be afraid of snakes. Were they not like in the rainforest for this movie? That's or what I'm saying. It's or? like way. It's like in South America and stuff like that. So it's not even near us. Like there's no anacondas in America. This isn't in US. like Louisiana. This yeah. is just yeah. This is one of them Louisiana so anacondas. <laughs> hey y'all, it's me, Billy Anaconda. 
the the L- yeah, I don't know how to do this shit. I, I've never had my like down on the bayou. Yeah, you've never talked accent. to a snake with a yeah. It's fine. Not this year. Okay, so Danny Trejo starts off the film like the first scene cuts in. Danny Trejo, this is uh, I looked through it and I was like, this is uh, let me see. So he's young and clean shaven. So I was like, whoa, Danny Trejo looks super different. Um, really? So he had a huge role in this film as guy in opening sequence who is presumably chased by a snake, climbs up a pole and shoots himself. So, shoots himself. Yeah. So you never see that. You don't see what the creature is. You just know at the beginning that something chased him. And I mean, like you, you bought the ticket to this movie. You know what the, what it was like. <laughs> not seeing it didn't make it any different. Like right. It's like I wonder what it was. He was so scared of. Maybe a bear. You can never be sure. Maybe a bear in the rainforest. Yeah. yeah. This was also one of Owen Wilson's first films. Um, oh, he was in, let's see, in 96, he was in Bottle Rocket and Cable Guy, um, and then in Anaconda in 97. So, and immediately after that, he that was kind of when he started boom, 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 and a lot more stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, this is me just kind of going over the characters that were in this. So, the dad from Jumanji, um, as well as the butler from Richie Rich. Um, yeah. Jonathan Hyde apparently owned the 90s in Richie Rich, Jumanji, Anaconda, Titanic, The Mummy, um, and many, many more smaller films. Yes. Yeah. And. Everything. You're, I'm going to let you do the voice because I'm not going to say it because it's insulting. Jennifer Lopez. Um, you want me to do the Oh, you, the don't, ha- you, can, you don't have Hannah to. Jennifer Lopez? Yes, that's from, what I from say. South Park. From South Park. From South Park. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not me being, well, yeah. it's South Park, so it may be racist, but it was just, it's just to me, it was just the Jennifer Lopez. Yes. Just, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I, for what it's worth, I'm half Mexican. Okay. Yeah. So Allow I win some, a little bit, I guess, hopefully. Yeah. So it was one of her bi- first big films besides Jack, which came out in 96. What? Uh, what the hell movie was Jack? I'll look it up Jack? Later. It, there's a thing called Jack Syndrome. It's the Robin Williams film where he's like 10 years old, but he looks like he's 40. I hate that Benjamin Button film. You never saw Jack? I don't think I did. I'm gonna look this up. Oh, I don't need to. I don't need to 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 compute or get you this much off track. I'll look up Jack later. <laughs> I don't know if I can continue with this court case. If I'm I know. Being I'm sorry. Hold on. Hold on. I just need to. I need to refresh my memory. Hold on. Oh, this movie. Oh, this movie. Okay. I only saw it like once or twice, but it's a very good movie. Okay. Thank You've you. You've seen okay. it. That okay. works. Okay. Yeah, I have seen it. Yes. Okay. Uh, and John Voight obviously has been in a million things, uh, most yeah. notably in the 70s, but had a real comeback as old John Voight in the 90s and 2000s. <laughs> it is funny because you see that with some people where they like have a career as like the younger actor and all of a sudden they reach a certain age and all of a sudden people want them in their movies again as an old guy. Yep. Um, and he definitely came back as creepy Cajun guy on the river. Um, of course. So the movie starts out, we see printed words on a screen with fun anaconda facts. <laughs> like before the movie starts, they're just like, here's what snakes, here what anacondas do. Um, including the statement, they often eat a creature whole, then after a while, we'll spit them out to kill them again. Now, I'm no biologist, <laughs> uh... but I don't think you can go secondsies on killing a guy. This isn't like, Mario. Oh, they're, they're voodoo doctors. They bring you back just so they can kill you a second <laughs> Somehow time. they completely stop your heart and then inject adrenaline into you. And you're like, oh, thank God. They spit you out. And then they like, eat oh, you shit, again. Oh, shit, not this again. So Fuck. much work to eat this person. Um, so I'll say this. There was so much character introduction. Unlike the snake, the other snake movie, <laughs> this movie was like, we need you to know who these people are. Um, 
and you're not going to like it that much, to be honest. Um, yeah. So, um, and I don't know if I mentioned it earlier, Ice Cube is in this movie, and he yes. was my favorite character in the movie. So, um, let's see. So, so there's a confusing backstory exclusively for the purpose of letting us know who we should be happy or sad about when they eventually, inevitably, were eaten by a snake. You know what I mean? Like, they have to, like, establish this guy's kind of a douche. Um, this guy's a total asshole. Um, mm-hmm. This one's the super nice and sweet one that's kind of uh, dumb and ditzy or, you know, like, whatever the the, the classic 90s tropes are. Um, yes. They have to establish that so that way when they die, you know how to feel about it. <laughs> yes, of course. If, if you don't tell me how to feel, I will not I need have to know feeling. how to feel about this this random person that just got eaten on the, on the, on the boat. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but because, let me see. Honestly, I I think what I what I what I thought about this was that I would have if this movie was thirty minutes long, and was just a suspenseful snake murder montage, um, it probably would have gotten better reviews than forcing people to watch these actors interact because it was it's true. the acting was not great. But you got Jennifer Lopez. I mean, in, in the what would you say ninety nine? Here's the wild thing: she's like the main character in the movie. She didn't hardly talk at all. Like she was a super quiet character, which was weird. John Voight, once he came into the thing um, mm-hmm. as the bad guy in this movie, just was talking constantly. Um, and Eric Stoltz, who is like the smart guy, who was like the boyfriend of Jennifer Lopez, mm-hmm. he basically gets incapacitated. And is no longer in the film after 20 minutes. And then he comes back at the very end for like five minutes. And you're like, well, apparently he was supposed to be really important. And then they just got rid of him. Um, and so he, they're like, man, this guy's really bad at acting. We need to make, need to make up a reason why he doesn't be, need to be any more scenes. Yeah. Um, finally, snakes. Um, they blow up a block in the river. And like 50 snakes evidently flew out of the boat as a result. Uh, flew onto the boat as a result. Not anacondas, just random snakes, because um, that's what happens when you blow up stuff in the river. Yes. Um, and Don't I do that. did mark the exact time. It was just after the 40-minute mark, 40-minute mark. Um, Mateo, the boat captain, falls in the water and is very unceremoniously crushed and eaten by an anaconda. We did it! <laughs> that's a pretty long time to wait to get uh, fucked up by a snake. Bear in mind, this movie is a total runtime, including credits, of... Uh, before and after of an hour and 29 minutes so that is like if you consider the movie is probably an hour and 20 minutes that is half the movie without snakes wow um, that's not okay so turns out that the boat hitchhiker yes a boat hitchhiker which i forgot to mention john voight <laughs> is basically like they were going down the river and then they see like this guy on a boat like on the end that comes stranded and he's like hey can i catch a ride and they're like i mean sure come on in i'm just like what what is this? What? How does this situation happen? Um, Who knows, man. Okay, so, so basically, what he has done at this point, the the hitchhiker John Voight, is he has conveniently um, and very uh, subtly incapacitated the two people on the boat who knew how to do anything. So now John Voight is indispensable, so they can't get rid of him, even though it's clear now that he's a real dick. Yeah. Um, so. I did search. Uh, there was a point where um, where John Voight was like, I'm going to catch this. You guys are going to like, this is why I got in your boat with you guys. I'm going to catch an anaconda and I'm going to bring it. And I'm going to sell it for like a million dollars or something like that. And so that's his ultimate evil plan is to catch an anaconda. 
and you see him inserting a dart into a dart uh, uh, gun, and on it says reptile tranquilizer, um, which I then Googled uh, reptile tranquilizer, and the only result was for the film Anaconda. Because oh. who the fuck called? Like, it's just tranquilizer. It's not specific to what, what type of creature it is. Right. It's also a reptile. And those guys are usually pretty small. You may not be able to catch them, but you don't need to tranquilize them. Yeah, just so, like, just yeah. give them like a Xanax just, or just something. Walk, bitch, just walk away. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, they'll leave you alone. Yeah. Uh, Anaconda on a fish hook. That's the first time, like, we kind of interact with them on a longer period of time. They basically, he throws out this hook with some meat on it. And the anaconda ends up, like, biting it. And so the boat's, like pulling him and there's this whole epic scene um and evidently it didn't really work out though because uh he just was kind of swimming around and he finally got off the hook snake pops up like a cartoon cat spits out the bait of the uh, at the crew and then after a cartoon-esque scene it claims its second victim which is owen wilson oh sorry Um, owen Boat Hitchhiker kills one of the main characters, which uh, is the girlfriend of Owen Wilson, who was, like, totally devastated, which, frankly, is disappointing exclusively because that's one less kill for the big cartoon snake. Which yeah. I'm like, we need more fodder for this snake. You can't just go killing people, John Voight. Um, that's his job. That's the snake's job. Yeah. And then another cartoony scene. So, again, this is where it's kind of just into full-on snake mode. Jonathan Hyde, um, who is the... Like I said, the dad from uh, from Jumanji, he is trying to escape from the anaconda, climbs up this big waterfall and is behind it. And then the anaconda looks like it's about to get in and get him. And so he does a big jump um, to jump into the water below. And the anaconda just quickly grabs him out of the air and then Oops. swallows him whole in the air. And I'm like, it's this is too much. I can't. The CGI is so bad. <laughs> so bad. It doesn't hold up after all these uh, years? No. I guess they didn't have the same budget as Jurassic yeah. Park. I will say there is at least one part when they kill the first guy, the boat driver, that I'm pretty sure they just had like a rubber snake, like an um, um like not a rubber snake, but like a uh, like a animatronic snake head or something like that. Because which is weird because I was like that actually looked better the first the first appearance of the anaconda than the mm-hmm. anaconda would look for the rest of the movie basically oh, when they no. did the CGI. Um. So the movie seems to be wrapping up. Ice Cube and, uh, and Lopez go to snag some, f- uh, snag some fool from the old outpost and is with, uh, let's see, Boat Hitchhiker is someone not, somewhat not, how, s- somehow not died and evidently swam his way all the way to the outpost because um, they were literally going to get fuel from this outpost because they um, uh, thought that uh, John Voight was dead or killed beforehand. Um, so they go to get some fuel, and they're about ready to head out. Um, and as they're doing so, all of a sudden, John Voight shows up, pours a bunch of monkey blood on them, and ties them up. And is like, now you're going to get killed. Because um, they killed the first anaconda, but apparently there's a second anaconda that is like its final form anaconda. <laughs> like the scarier version of the anaconda. Yes. Um, so, of course, we go through a fight scene with that. And eventually... Basically, John Voight ends up getting eaten whole by the anaconda, spits him up, and then swallows him again. Um, And so it was nice. It was appreciated greatly that they did an overly long death scene for the bad guy. They (laughs) even had a fully equipped, was even fully equipped with a point of view from inside of the snake's throat. So you can see its throat as the body is being pushed in. (laughs) That's not all right. Yeah. 
That's not all right at all. <laughs> My next note is ice cube plus pickaxe plus gasoline equals victory. Um, yes. So evidently it involved a pickaxe and gasoline and ice cube. Um, they ended up causing an explosion to, to kill the snake. And then they took off and evidently ended up wandering upon the tribe that they were looking for. This I forgot to mention, this was a camera crew. Um, like a, a documentary crew that were trying to document these this unknown tribe that like nobody ever sees, mm-hmm. um, and at the end they see the tribe and they film them and then that's the end of the movie. So um, I know it was a lot and a little bit confusing, but the movie was too. Uh, the main part it focused on was hey snakes, snakes, <laughs> snakes. Can I get can I get my hands on some snakes? Yes. Yeah. I waited forty minutes for snakes. Yeah. And was kind of disappointed, but. Yeah, but you got Jennifer Lopez. You got Ice Cube. Yes. Okay, Ice Cube. I was Ice Cube and Ice Tea. Ice Cube and Ice Tea. Yeah, it's hard to remember which one is which. I mean, that's. I just I literally hear the the ice the ice one, and I'm like, I know they're both actors. I just don't, you know, I haven't seen their movies enough to remember which one is in which ones. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Lisa, was am I up? Yeah, that's Anaconda. Oh, I thought you were going to – I was waiting on, like, trivia or something. I wasn't sure if you were going to throw some more stuff no, at me. No, oh, I, think, I think when I looked up trivia, there was one that just wasn't even trivia. <laughs> like, I one see. thing. Everyone was, everyone's like, you know what you're looking up right now, right? No one wants to hear about this, so yeah. don't do that. Well, okay. Well, shoot. All right, well, I'm going to talk about arachnophobia. Okay. So, aside from a few traumatic events, including, like, spiders occurring in my – car as a child or just being in my face in general uh this movie is to blame for my massive fear of spiders uh growing up and also into adulthood so um, i'd like to give a special honorable mention to that fear uh or for that fear uh it also goes to my my cousin's house growing up if you wanted to go jump on their trampoline which was dope you had to go through this like tunnel of yellow and black texas house spiders um, and that would also uh, get an honorable mention for that thing because it was gnarly. No. So, but back to the movie. Okay, the film came out in July of 1990. Hello, freshly five-year-old Lisa and Andy. Um, it was directed by Frank Marshall and stars Jeff Daniels and John Goodman and then some other people, but those are the only two that matter. Um, they're actually <laughs> surpri- surprisingly like good duo on, in the movie. I like them. But the movie is rough in that it has like a lot of jump scares. And all of those jump scares still land to this day because spiders um and they're real and they're awful and guess what spiders do like to bite people sometimes they doesn't usually end up the way that it did here but such is life yeah so the premise is that there's this newly discovered venezuelan spider that is like crazy deadly and kills humans within a few minutes of its bite and so the movie opens up in the amazon rainforest more rainforest here we go just don't go to the rainforest i think that's the the moral the real, of the story, the real moral right? of the story in, in a couple of ours is just, yeah, don't go to the rainforest and you'll be good. Stay in the States. It's not great here, but we don't have spiders and anacondas. <laughs> well, we have spiders, but we don't have anacondas. And we don't have these spiders. So mm-hmm. so there are researchers in the rainforest who have just captured two new, like, super aggressive spider species. And and they're, like, of prehistoric origin. And they're finding that they, that they ain't got no reproductive junk. And so they are considered drone or soldier spiders, which is a cool way to think of them, I suppose. So one ends up biting one of the photographers who's there, and he has this like crazy seizure and then just keels over immediately. And so the crew finds him the next morning. They're like, oh, it was a fever because he's an American or something, lol, and they send him home. And then the that awful spider that bit him crawls into the coffin and goes and hitches a ride. I remember Sunny that California. scene. Yes, I, I don't you remember do. every scene from this movie, but I remember that. 
Well, the things I'm going to say, because like, I know we talked about this briefly last week in the episode, but like in more detail, these scenes are going to come back to you and you're going to be like, I cannot, I can't, I just simply cannot, yeah. like I just cannot with this. So, um, the, 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 uh, let's see what I'm saying. The spider exits the coffin, gets picked up by a bird in California and then you see this like bird carrying it and then the bird just hits the ground because he has been bitten by the spider. And then the spider is like, LOL, bye, and just takes off running. And so at the same time that you see all this go down, Jeff Daniels and his family who have just relocated from San Francisco are landing in their beautiful new abode. And, and they're like, they have no idea what's happening. But the spider is like, this giant, horrible Venezuelan spider is just outside their house. And he's about to set up shop. So um, his family... He he's a physician. He's here to take over a practice of a retiring doctor. And guess what? He has like a massive case of arachnophobia, which plays very well into the movie, I suppose. Pretty. And it's going to be bad for him, pretty bad. So, in plot stuff, the retiring doctor decides he doesn't want to retire. So Jeff's character is like fuck, and he can't get any patience. He says fuck. He screams fuck a lot in this movie. It's a very aggressive film. No, he doesn't. And then this monster yeti spider starts mating with like a regular house spider to like produce a bajillion soldier boy spiders and guess what they're all making a nest inside jeff daniel's family's new barn did you say so, a million soldier boy i did say a million soldier boy spiders, spiders. Thank you i was for i was wondering at first why they would mate with such shitty spiders be like let's get some shitty spiders up here i'm guessing it's because they just lay a shitload of eggs they just make a bajillion of them and they all and they all come out as soldier boy spiders gonna tell them soldier boy gonna tell them so oh, i the, miss soldier the, boy <laughs> i know me too the the barn is just pulsating with like monster evil spiders like they they show this really gross nest and it's always like moving and uh, okay okay so this is where shit gets really bad for the viewer if you have arachnophobia the movie is like lighting a match in a gas <laughs> gas filled room of your worst fear okay because spiders start crawling under cups they start crawling into the house they're crawling over your feet they're right where your hand just was and it's just like they're, they're, just, they're just everywhere and you as the viewer are the only one that sees this everyone is like totally not seeing this giant spider that they just put a cup on top of it's like how did you not see that they're like well, well it's a party and they just go on <laughs> and so you get your first death when when one of the new spiders like attacks an old woman and i talked about this last week they're just like she's been petting her i think it was a cat she's been petting her pet and like as she picks up the cat the spider almost gets the cat. And as she's walking, the spider almost gets her. And then she goes to turn off a light or turn in like the lampshade. I talked about this. It just comes down, it descends from the lampshade and bites her on the hand and she dies. And it's the worst because I have, I cannot handle, I cannot handle chain pool uh, lamps. And that's what I have on both sides of my yeah, bed. Yeah, I was going to say, it is I funny that we ended this. up touching on... Uh on a little bit of reactophobia last week with your phone. Yeah, your I hate to do it twice, but the movie does deserve its own bit, oh, regardless sure. of whatever I said last week. It deserves more than this. So so she dies, and we're just going to scrub a little bit more just to talk about the spider attacks, which are the real beef jerky of this whole movie, okay? Beef jerky? See? Beef jerky, okay. I'm just, I don't know. I didn't know what to call it. I like beef jerky. No, I, I love when you say things and I don't know what they mean. <laughs> and but I'm just so excited I mean. to learn. In context, you're like, it is the beef jerky of the movie. I get it. You get it. You just get it. So you've got the lampshade attack. Ruin me for lampshades. 
Um, later on, a high school football player dies on the field after one of the spiders crawled inside his helmet and bit him, which is the worst. I routinely check the helmets for myself and my kids every time. I just put on shuddered. Helmets. I just shuddered I thinking about like things that you don't think about when you put mm-hmm. them on. That is the thing that I'm like, anytime I think about spiders, I'm like, great. Now I'm going to check this fucking <laughs> yes, thing you forever are. now. And we're not done yet. We're super not done yet. So. <laughs> Um, the old doctor that's trying to retire, I talked about this last week, he gets bitten because he's sitting on the bed talking to his wife and he puts his foot in a slipper after, like immediately after the spider crawled into the slipper. And of course it bites him and he dies. And I can't not check slippers now forever. Like I will not put my foot in a pair of slippers without checking it. And also since we lived in Kansas, brown recluses, which were the problem there, they love to get into the sleeves of your shit. This is real. They love to get into your sleeves of your jackets, which you need in Kansas because it's cold. They love to get inside your boots that are in the garage. So every time I put on a jacket, I flicked that shit. I flicked all my boots upside down. Mm-hmm. I hate this shit. Gotta so shake it out. Shake it off. Shake it off. No. Um, I know. I'm sorry about that. So the town starts to realize that they have like a bunch of murder spiders on the loose. Soldier Boy murder spiders. And they're out to kill... <laughs> Any threat to the lead male spider. And so John Goodman's character of the exterminator is all up on the house. Now, I think they first bring him in thinking that there's termite damage to the house. But I think it's just that there's so many spiders that they're just eating the inside of the house or something like that. So shortly thereafter, the mortician and his wife are also found dead from spider bites. And that's when just a lot more shit just starts going wrong. So like just to move forward. A lot of plot driving stuff happens, but the most important thing to take away is spiders. And the there's like a shower <laughs> scene. I talked about this where like there's a girl showering and one is on the shower rod, like curtain rod, and like I think jumps onto her stomach, which is also just an excuse to have a naked lady in the shower. Sure. But it jumps jumps onto her stomach and crawl and this was a real spider, crawls down her stomach and slides down and she's in the shower and she feels it on her foot and she starts screaming and then it goes down the drain. And I want to say, because I watched this movie a couple weeks ago, I did not watch it this week. I want to say there was a scene where it was inside the toilet as well, which is like my worst fear to just be sitting there trying to take a pee and one just goes like, how? And just bites. Yeah. Like there's a lot of things that don't add to the entertainment value of the film necessarily, but Mm -hmm. do ruin you as a human being. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And I'm telling you, like I, I know I didn't see this at five. I saw it probably shortly thereafter. Why? Mm -hmm. Who knows? Parenting. But I saw it and it ruined me. And a lot of these things were real. So it's, it's not like a fear of a 600 foot long anaconda and Jennifer Lopez together in Mm -hmm. one place. This is a fear of like an actual, I mean, these spiders, this, I mean, they used real spiders in this film too. And so it's like, it's not an animatronic, at least the ones that are all around, uh, you know, biting people, those, that shit's real. So yeah. 1990, they're not doing any CGI of any kind. They can't. That's right. CG, fun fact, CG didn't exist until uh, Jurassic Park. That's a fact. Look it Boom. up. Boom. Science. Take that. So, yeah. So the final sequence is that John Goodman finds the main nest in the barn and then destroys it. And then they're like, we did it. And then, but like. They're like, but you guys need to get out of your house. So Jeff Daniels' family is removed from the house once they realize it's fully infested. But then Jeff falls through the floor into the wine cellar where they find the second nest. No. No, not the second nest, which is guarded by the queen and the main soldier boy general spider. Um, So I can't handle these these spiders having personalities. It's well, they. I mean, the queen. I mean, just think of them as like. 
rude bitches. Like, you'd be like, well, yeah, kill them. But, like, like if the know, queen is like, dad. you better not touch my babies. And then the general is just like, this lazy piece of shit. But he's, like, had a bajillion kids. He's like, I did my job. And, you know, you'd be okay with them being killed, you know? So the queen, of course, Andy, gets electrocuted, obviously. And then... <laughs> I don't Could, know what. How how did it get electrocuted? I don't remember because okay. I watched the movie a few weeks ago. I just I don't, picture I someone she, with a taser just shocking it to death. I'm sure they probably took her little claw and stuck it into an outlet and were like, "Take that, bitch!" You know, I'm 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 almost certain that's what happened. But I, I remember I scrubbed through. I missed that part because I scrubbed through to the part which is the real finale. So Jeff Daniels gets trapped under some debris, and the general Big Daddy Spider is is like crawling on a board about to attack him mm-hmm. and he's just laying there and in pure cinematic beauty because this is what this was the beef jerky okay jeff launches the general spider into a fire engulfed egg sack of spiders okay so he's just like so he's laying there and this thing's about to attack him he launches him with a piece of wood into this fire sack okay and then but of course the general flies out and he's on fire, and he's screaming and squealing. It's this horrible high-pitched thing. I think they called him Big big Boy or Bad. I don't remember what they called him behind the scenes big or something. Boy. But Big Bob? Big big Bobby Boy. Large Bob. <laughs> Large William. Large William. <laughs> Large Robert, not William. Large William. Shit. <laughs> Billiam. Large Billiam. There you go. So, so he's on fire, squealing and screaming, until, of course, Jack Daniels fires a nail gun into him. And he, like, flies and gets nailed into the fire and he's like and then they're like well the country life is not for us and they moved back to san francisco and that's the end of the movie it's a good call i love i love that they could like in a movie like this where they can utilize such random bullshit weapons that wouldn't work in normal movies like a nail gun is like a gatling gun it's so good it's perfect it's so so a cup i want to do a little bit of trivia for this because it is so good sure um i did not know this but apparently there was a video game that was released for this in 1991 and it was i i saw i scrubbed through a video of it someone had like a two and a half hour video of of just the gameplay it was the most basic bullshit care like every level was a downstairs and an upstairs and there were spiders there and you were john goodman's character and you sprayed them the end that's all it was arachnophobia for MS DOS, Commodore was... 64, and Amiga. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah. Mm, I wouldn't recommend it. So um, they used Avondale spiders during the filming, and they used 300 of them to be exact. Now, Avondale spiders are actually quite large. Um, I do not like <laughs> their look. I don't care for their vibe. I think they're giving off some bad juju. I don't like it. Um, and then the large tarantula that's used in certain scenes was actually a bird eating tarantula and those bitches are huge yeah so um the animatronic general spider so big big soldier boy big daddy billiam in the finale that was one of the earliest prop jobs of jamie heineman of mythbusters oh no way yeah i thought that was a cool one i love mythbusters like i haven't watched it in forever but i love that show didn't one of them die yes i don't know which one All of them probably. They're probably. all dead. Twenty twenty. Um, and then let's see. The live spiders were housed separately in a temperature controlled area. And so, since spiders couldn't be trained, an entomologist would use other means to guide the spiders, such as vibrating wires, so they would like they wouldn't cross over them. And then lemon pledge furniture wax, which the spiders refused to walk on. Isn't that cool? Is, is it not wild to think about? So you're an actor, and you've been in 
probably a lot of films, you're probably a pretty famous actor, like John Goodman, for example. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, or these other actors, you're like, we're going to need you not only to let a spider walk across you, but we might have to do it a shitload of times because it is a spider and it doesn't yes. necessarily know where to go. So we're going to have to keep doing this over and over again. And you're just going to have to be okay with that. And everyone, that was like the best immersion therapy for everyone there. I'm telling you, you wouldn't have been afraid of a spider after that. If you had to spend six hours, maybe you would have been permanently scarred. Yeah, either but, permanently or never again. Or never again. And the last thing I wanted to mention, because it was really funny. There's a scene where John Goodman's character as the exterminator encounters one of the spiders on the uh, on a porch. And he sprays it and it's not dying. Sprays it again and doesn't die. And so he walks up to it and crushes it, which of course he doesn't do because uh-huh. it's like a hollowed out shoe where the spider can hide in. And then they do cuts to preserve the spider. The Foley artists, <laughs> you made a sound out of crushing potato chips as a sound being used <laughs> for the spider being crushed, which I was like, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's also horrible, but it was awesome. So um, guys, that's arachnophobia. <sighs> Digging back Can you in believe this is this is a Disney property? Uh, I I read that and I was like, that doesn't make sense because that was back when uh, Hollywood Pictures existed. Um, mm-hmm. That was like because you know they have like Touchstone still or whatever, but like mm-hmm. Hollywood was like one of their other shame. <laughs> They're like, yes. we can't. This is not for kids. We cannot have this associated with Disney. Um, but uh, another quick fun fact. So. Uh, as far as ratings are concerned for these films, Arachnophobia, 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. Very impressive. Oh, yes. Very yeah. good. Anaconda, 38%. <laughs> so That's not so great. When you that's go to the polls, so just bear in mind, one of these movies was good and one of them was not. But, was the most not. But Anaconda, we talk about the, the box office, though, $45 million budget. $136.8 million in the box office. Arachnophobia, $31 million budget, and I believe like 50, no, $22 million budget and $53.2 million box office. Well, I, in its in its defense, it came out almost an entire oh, yeah. decade earlier. No, for so, sure. So it was, just, it was just a different time. When we were in mm. 1990, nobody had money. In 1999, we had that big Y2K money. So... We didn't have money in 1990, but we had that Y2K money. <laughs> I mean, as far, actually, as far as you and I go, we really did probably have a lot more money in 1999. For sure. Absolutely. <laughs> I had at least a few quarters. Uh-huh. For sure. Before Oof. that, straight up putting them in my nose was not going to be saving them. So that's our show for our court cases, Andy. We did it. We did it. Made Would it you like to take us out, Another show. And you know what? You know what? At least I will. Okay. <laughs> Where to find us? If you want to get your votes in, check us out on Facebook and Twitter at 90s Court, or of course on Instagram at 90s.court. Um, if you'd like to support the show and get some bonus content and shout outs, as I mentioned, our most recent episode we released was um, Fear versus Ghost Adventures, super solid app. And you can also listen to all the backlog of old episodes as well that we have on there. Uh, oh, and you also get some fun shout-outs every week, so you can be praised as a wonderful human being. Hop on patreon.com slash 90s court, and as always, hop on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and leave us a nice five-star rating and review, mm-hmm. or just say hey. Um, we always like hearing okay. from other people and, and hearing feedback on the episodes, or even just, hey, I really like the show. So, um, And again, if you haven't done so, please check out uh, the bonus episode that just released this past week which is episode one of the Anomalous Fascination podcast. 
Um, if you enjoy it and want more, subscribe to Anomalous Fascination on the podcast app of your choice as episode two is out now. So, Lisa, any parting remarks before we depart? Snakes. 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 You do it better. Thank you, guys. We're done with the spooky dooky shit. We've ended. On to regular 90s programming next week. Yes. And enjoy your Halloween candy. Don't overdo it. Or do. I'm not your do. real mom. Yeah, I'm so, not your mom. D- I'm not your, <laughs> you well, I'm not you. your real mom. I'll be your mom. I'm not going to be your Lisa's... mom. I have enough kids. You, you changed tunes so fast on being our, our listener's mom. <laughs> you try it one day and tell me how it goes for you. And if you All don't right. change your tune that damn fast. Sure. So. All right, guys. Have a great week. We'll see you next week with episode 59. And that's a wrap on us. Love see you. Guys. Stay rad. Stay rad.